Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. Today, we have Sherry Jolly for her second time on the podcast with DSC Practice Solutions. This should be this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to talk to Sherry again. Sherry, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, I didn't put too many um, uh, unfair expectations on you right there. Well, well, we'll find out, won't we? Yes. So let's dive in. Tell us okay. what DSC does. So DSC, when I say we fill in the gaps, we take the parts that are non-clinical of a dental practice and we complete those broken parts. Sometimes that means we do their billing or we follow up on unpaid claims. And that is the majority of what we do. But we also answer incoming calls. We verify insurance. We do many, many things like that. So when I say we fill in the gaps, there's a the big crisis of understaffing in the dentist office. And those little things, the customer service, the fo- timely following up on claims, the sending statements in the right time, just checking to make sure the insurance is correct. These are all things that fall by the wayside. So we do those things. We pick it up and make sure that it, those processes get completed for your practice every day. That's fantastic. So what do you see... In regards to the the insurance side of claims in that world, what are you seeing in that world? And is, is that the area where people call you most about? Yes, they, they call me most about insurance. They call me, I used to joke that we should just be called dental 911, you know, but then I was afraid I'd get too many toothaches. But they call me when they're broke. They call me when they work hard and they can't get paid. And they want to know how come I build, you know, $10,000 and I got $3,000. And so that's where we go in and we dive in and we try to, you know, find the problems and get paid. Sometimes it's something as simple as that patient doesn't have the insurance that they told you they had. That happens a lot because the patient doesn't know what insurance they have. So how did you get into this space? What happened? Well, I've kind of, my first grown-up job, like, that was not waiting tables was in the dentist office. I started at the front desk, and just my whole career, that was in the mid-90s, and my whole career has been in dentistry in one capacity or another. I would say about 15 years ago, I entered solely into dental management, and as a office manager about seven years ago, I was running into this issue where... I was running out of hours in the day to get everything done. And I was starting to find myself choosing, am I a biller today or am I an office manager today? Am I running the practice today or am I billing today? And my case to be made to the practice owner was that we needed another person, but the increase in revenue wasn't going to be there. It was just to get paid the same amount. It was just to get paid what we what we had actually billed. I wasn't increasing our billing. I was just it was just to get we had to work harder to get paid the same amount. And so then I started looking for a solution. 
And that's when I found the technology. I found a couple of business models of remote billing services, and that's how we started. And then as we grew, we went from just remote billing to verifying, to call center, to training, to consulting, to basically we're like um, a la carte DSO type of thing. <laughs> so you've exploded. Yeah. Yeah. How basically, as our clients had a need, we started. So we, you've got clients in how many states? Um, I believe we are now in 16 states. Where are you based? Ohio. Ohio. And how many employees do you have? 28. And probably growing. Yes. And so you're helping with billing. What else are you helping with now? We're helping with billing and insurance purposes, patient billing. And then we also do incoming calls. We do credentialing. We help with the contracting credentialing part. So when when you say incoming calls, you mean scheduling? Yeah, like we have a call center and okay. you the calls are routed in and then we'll schedule onto your software, the patients or, or whichever. One of our clients only has us take the new patient call because the new patient call is, it takes a little bit longer. You have to ask a lot more questions to get more information. And so they they answer their own calls except for that new patient call. And we just take those. So, I mean, like I said, we kind of customize it per the needs of the client. That's, uh, that's really, really cool. And so you're seeing they're outsourcing their billing to you. And for a fraction of what it costs to hire someone full time, they can pay you. That person is not overwhelmed. And you guys, quite frankly, probably do it better just because of your experience. Yes, but the real key is because the people that we hire are the people who were doing the billing in the dentist office. Right. Um, the big key difference is they're focused on billing. In the office, they're not focused on billing. The billing is the last thing they do when the phone stops ringing. It's what they do when the patient's not asking them questions. It's what they do when the schedule didn't fall apart. And so instead of it billing being a priority of that's what we're focusing on all day, every day, in the office, it's when I have time to do it. And that actually makes a huge difference. And we were, we had mentioned the timely filing that sometimes if you, if a claim doesn't make it to the insurance company in a certain number of days, sometimes it's 90 days, the insurance company won't process the claim. Now, the interesting thing about that is you can submit the claim electronically and it can get bounced back in any number of stops along the electronic path and they'll consider it no claim on file and you have to fight to say well yes you did get the claim and but if you're not checking or you don't have time or you're only doing it when you do have time suddenly you're losing out on that work you did that isn't going to get paid and when you try to then build a patient for it the patient kind of doesn't feel responsible for it the patient says it's your problem you didn't build the insurance company Talk a little bit about, uh, as someone who's worked in a dental office, you know, and a lot of the dentists, they may not really know this because they're not in the front office that much. Some of them probably do, but not all of them do. Tell them your experience on the person who was in charge of billing, how they got there and how they were taught. The person who was in charge of billing is thrown in there and they might have been taught. 
most of the time they're self-taught. There are not many people who are actually formally trained or taught. It's actually quite a paradox between the front of the office and the back of the office, because the back of the office, everybody's got a certification. They pass some sort of test. You know, they're, they have a license for the state for the most part. In the front, it's, you know, there's this thing that says hire on attitude and you can teach skill. And that's great if you know the skill to teach. But a lot of these doctors don't actually know the skill to teach. So they hire really nice people and then don't give them any tools to get the job done. And that is why the front desk doesn't keep people. Yeah, that's interesting right there. So what are the challenges you see in the front office for dentists that, quite frankly, they're probably ignorant to? You know, they're they're too busy with hands and mouth. They're too busy trying to manage a practice. Well, I see I see two opposing viewpoints that both cause a dentist to lose. One of them is a very negative attitude about insurance. Insurance is terrible. I don't want to mess with insurance. It's a pain. It's the patient's problem. And um, let's just go fee for service. Yeah, let's just go fee for service. And um, that works if you have a 25 year patient base. If you're doing a startup, it's not going to work for you. But the issue is that the doctor's attitude toward I'm not doing this for insurance. Insurance can't tell me what to do. And then the other side of that is the people who only do what insurance pays for. They're only presenting what insurance pays for. They're only billing what insurance pays for. And we have to remember that an insurance is a tool to get the patient in the door. Insurance is a way for the patient. They wouldn't have called us if we weren't on their list, but we're still healthcare. We're not a retail and we don't need to act like retail and we're not a spa. We shouldn't act like a spa. We're healthcare. And we explain to the patient what they need and what their coverage is and the patient decides. And that's where, that's where it should be. Now, some of the things that I find when they have the attitude of insurance is terrible and I don't want to touch it is they won't take the x-rays we need. They won't get the documentation we need. We, we do see sometimes poor documentation that won't get a claim paid. But on the other end, sometimes I see patients not getting care that they need because insurance doesn't cover it. And those two things, insurance, insurance doesn't, insurance isn't the doctor and, but insurance does, you know, cause the phone to ring. So it's great that they have it. Let's use the benefits they have and let's get them healthy. And that's kind of right in the, you got to be in the middle with that. You can't be on either end of that because either way it turns it's not a good, it's not good for the patient. And in the end, the doctor, these are my doctors with high blood pressure. Well, and you got to make sure you're taking care of the patient. They're getting healthy care and good quality care. And the insurance isn't going to cover everything. I mean, you can have the most Cadillac health insurance plan. They're not going to cover everything. Well, and that that's something that I find with some of the, the people who work the front desk is that they haven't been trained on how to talk to patients about insurance and they are so afraid of being yelled at that they will write stuff off. And then the doctor's like, my write-offs are huge. And it's because they're the, the people who answer the phone and get yelled at by patients will be like, okay, you don't have to pay that today. Okay, let me figure something out. And you, you know darn well that the patient owes that money. But then the patient walks out the door with completed dentistry and they didn't pay. And it has everything to do with how it was explained to the patient how it was presented to the patient and the patient's understanding before the the work got started. And, but what I find most often when they're afraid to collect is because they haven't been trained on how to have those conversations 
and um, they're just tired of being abused. Well, it's it's absolutely critical to train your staff on how to present cases, and it's absolutely critical to do phone training for your for your staff. It doesn't matter if it's scheduling or with dealing with uh, frustrated patients on billing. That's absolutely critical. If you don't train those people, you are leaving lots of dollars on the table. Yeah, because they they will avoid the tough conversation. Absolutely. And ultimately, it's not going to affect them. It affects the practice owner. Yeah, it affects, again, that's when the doctor calls me when they're broke. And and then it's usually a very nice person that they hired on attitude and did not teach them the skill. Well, you can be a nice person, but there's plenty of nice, nice people who are very passive and get walked on. You you need someone with a little bit of a backbone to stand up to somebody in, in, in that scenario. So that, that is a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So when doctors hear about you, are they like, why didn't I find you five years earlier? Or, I mean, are, are they like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever? Or or do, are they unsatisfied? Do you have to fight with them over what you do and how you're going to help them? It just depends. It, it, it really depends. Some, it's hot or cold. Some people feel outsourcing is a dirty word and they want to keep things in-house and they feel like it might not be personable. It might lose some personal touch between them and the patient. And that that would be one of the pauses that they have. And that's why we do so much customization. Sometimes they can't visualize how to um, actually implement it. It's one of the things we work the hardest on is successful implementation with your team. And then other times, it's like, there are times when we basically kept that their staff was going to quit if they didn't get help. And we saved them. Um, yeah. And then sometimes, and then sometimes their staff quits because they got them help. But, Um, so talk about the challenges of implementation. What what are the challenges there sometimes? Well, one of the, the biggest challenges introducing us to your staff and how the staff is knows what to use us for and how to use us. So one of the biggest examples of this, and this was probably one of my first consultation calls. I had talked to the doctor two or three times. He was ready to go. He wanted to start. And then there was an introduction meeting between me and the office manager. And the office manager, I told her everything we were going to be doing for them, how we were going to help them. And she looked at me and said, that's my job. That's everything I do. What's my job now? So the doctor hadn't told her that she had different responsibilities And so she thought she was going to get fired. She wasn't going to get fired. He was supposed to be giving her new responsibilities. So that's a big failure in the implementation. And as you can guess, um, she wasn't really willing to help and participate in in implementing us into her office. That was a big cleanup mess by the doctor right there. Yeah. But again, many times they don't explain that we're taking this off your plate. And the expectation is now that you must do this instead. And that is the biggest key is that when duties shift, that they're clearly defined who's doing the duties and how and how and when they're supposed to be done. Then go ahead. Well, suppose suppose someone's listening to this this and they say, you know, this is great. I'm sure DSC is great, but I want to keep everything in house. And I'm sure you can respect that. What would you say to a dentist? Would you, who wanted to do everything themselves, what what were the, what are the tips you would say to help them succeed 
and not be losing money in write-offs and not be losing money in billing and collections, what would you say, here, if you're going to do it yourself, here's what you got to make sure you do. You got to staff it. Because that's now, the do biggest... most dentists go cheap on staffing? Do most of them, yeah. if it takes four people to run the office, are most of them hiring two or three? Right. That's exactly. And the other thing is the insurance time suck is bigger than it was five years ago or 10 years ago. You're I spending only more. Imagine it's only going to continue to get worse. Right. So what insurance didn't cost you in fee reductions, they are costing you more in staff time. Because you're and on so... hold for 30 minutes every time. Right. So you're paying more to get paid the same amount of money. And that's the issue is you do need more people. You can't just expect people in your office to work more hours and not get paid more. And if you decide to start working somebody 50 hours a week, you're going to lose that person. So it's it's not like, hey, we're seeing patients Monday through Thursday. The office is closed on Friday, but billing, you're here on Friday. That ain't going to fly. Well, no, because when the office is open Monday through Thursday, it's not just a straight eight hour day. I, I guarantee you that. Second of all, if you wait to do it all on Friday and you don't have the verification process down and you don't have um, a couple of the other processes down, you're not going to get it all done in Friday. Right. So that's really important is that you just you can do it in house. You just have to staff it and you have to have people dedicated to this function only who can't be pulled off or who shouldn't be pulled off. Obviously, emergencies happen, but shouldn't be pulled off their duties. They need to be focused. And that is that is kind of why we are are good at what we do, because we're focused only on that. Our call center people are not our biller people. Our verifiers are not our biller people. We have, our verifiers are our verifiers. They only verify insurance. Our, you, calls, <laughs> yeah, our call reps only take calls. Would you be as bold to say even though it might take money out of your pocket, would you be as bold to say that you've got to diversify away from insurance? Like you can't be a hundred percent insurance. You need to do, you know, maybe I, I, 70% insurance or whatever. I think you, sh- I absolutely. You need to have the mix. You, you absolutely need to have the mix of the insured, the non-insured, and you need to pay attention to the people who are left in the cold. And those are the people over 65. Those plans when they retire and they go get a they get a Medicare supplement plan, those plans cover so little. And it's actually kind of well, let me just explain to you how some of those plans work. A lady uh, just last week said, I have fifteen hundred dollars in insurance. My plan covers fifteen hundred dollars max benefit. And then I looked at the details of her plan and her plan covered two cleanings and two fillings a year. There wasn't any way on God's green earth that she was ever going to get $1,500 in billing. She didn't have a $1,500 benefit. She had a benefit for two cleanings and two fillings per year. And it was nowhere near $1,500. So because they were PPO fees. So that is something that those patients, we need to really do better, especially with those in-house discount plans. That's a great for our patients over 65 or patients who are buying their plans through the marketplace who are paying for insurance that doesn't have very much benefit at all. So you should absolutely make room for them. You should absolutely pay attention to them and show how you offer something different. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you want to serve those people as well, but you know, obviously you've 
you want to be profitable doing it as well. So what do you see as trends in the industry? So it sounds like insurance is going to get worse and worse and worse. Um, they, they just, the, their reimbursements go down, their costs go up. That's the name of the game. But what else do you see going on in the, in, in the industry? Well, I, th- I think that we're going to see a bunch of softwares come out. We're starting to see software. We're starting to see the version one, version two of software that will communicate AI software that will communicate directly to the insurance companies. And we do need to push. Um, the technology exists for us to, to press a button and have the insurance company communicate with our computer and tell us if the patient is covered or not. But the insurance companies, as a as a whole, don't really cooperate with that. It's very limited. We still have to, I mean, I still have verifiers. I still have people who literally spend time on the phone going, can I get coverage for this code? That type of thing. And the software exists. In today's world, that sounds like the Stone Ages. Well, it is the Stone Ages and it's the Stone Ages not, I mean, it's there. It's it's due to the insurance company cooperation, and we need to push for that. We talk, talk real quick about the Massachusetts law. This is this is actually good for consumers. So, well, yes, and and so evid- this law that passed evidently has been passed a long time ago, but it passed yeah. for medical insurance only. So Massachusetts went back and asked that dental insurance be required to spend 80% of the money they get on from premiums on claims. And it boggles my mind that it required a law and a vote in November to get an insurance company to use the money they got from premiums to pay on claims, that we had to tell them they had to pay on claims. But that is who we're dealing with. And that is who our patients are are making their healthcare decisions based on. That's crazy. So, so that that is really important that we get in there. I, I had a conversation the other day that the patient with the doctor that I was trying to explain to the patient. The patient never blames their insurance company. They always blame the doctor. And the truth is that if they understood what a bad deal they were getting. And we educated the people who bought insurance. Um, they might be more of a, they might be more better consumers. They might demand a better product if they were buying, if they knew that they were getting a bad deal, but the insurance companies kind of keep it stirred up. So they're always mad at us and not at them. And we've got to do something to change that. No, that, that's a really good point. I mean, if you got to be educated about what you have, um, well, we need to educate our patients and telling them their insurance sucks is not how you do it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people who do that. And uh, it's probably that's not the logistics of and sometimes they don't have much of an option. So exactly. All right. So tell me if someone if someone's like, oh, my gosh, my billing is killing me. I'm writing off so much. I shouldn't be doing this. S- Sherry, please save me. Or if they're like, this is interesting. I'd like to talk more. How do they get in touch with you? Well, they just go to dsepractice.com and they can schedule a consultation or they can email us from there. And again, it's D as in dental, S-E, practice.com. We were originally called Dental Support Essentials, but people had a hard time spelling essentials all the time, all day, every day. So we just shortened it to D-S-E. That's great. So, well, Sherry, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? 
I let me think about this. I mean, the the most important thing is efficiency and making sure that you're using all the tools that you have. Um, one of the big things I find when I do a cleanup job is that they had all the tools available, but they didn't quite use them right. And they might even have had the people available, but they didn't use them correctly. And now they're paying extra to get money that they already should have received. So a clean, efficient process is the most important part of a healthy revenue cycle. Wow. Well, Sherry, this has been a uh, fantastic conversation. Uh, I really appreciate your time. It's been very educational and this is a very much needed service. So hopefully people take advantage of this. Well, I hope so too. It was really nice to be on your podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannan, visit rossbrannan.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and materials are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third parties, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Security products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC, financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 1613-9032. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. 2023-150-776 expires 2-25. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.